Hello, everyone, and welcome in to DC Talks Rocks and also Broncos, apparently, because, hey, yo, uh, the Denver Broncos have reportedly traded superstar defensive lineman slash linebacker, sometimes Vaughn Miller, to the LA Rams for a second and third round draft pick. And you know what this is going to be. Uh, if, you, if you're a Patreon, damn it, I'm going to stop making that mistake. If you're a patron, if you've been following me for a while, and if you're here for the first time, maybe you're, you're not going to enjoy the fact that this is going to be a long ass comparison between the Von Miller trade and the Nolan Arenado trade and the way that media is going to handle it and, and this whole local scene. And how could you not? Honestly, I get that. First of all, here, here's one big giant caveat for everybody. And it's important to actually say, of course, every situation is different. There's no two direct comparisons, but that's what we do in sports. You know, I always found that weird when I started this year talking about how great of the defense Ryan McMahon was playing, saying, hey, he might actually be playing better defense this year than Nolan Arenado, and he might win a gold glove. And people are going, why are you comparing those two players? And I'm like, well, because they play the same sport and the same position, and they actually both used to play for the same team. There are plenty of things to compare. Now they're up for the same award, right? There's, <laughs> so now I have to compare them to decide, especially if I had you know a vote on that award, which I do not at this moment in time, but I voted on awards before. So yeah, you've got to compare players. <laughs> That's what we do here. And situations and trades and all of this stuff. And so Yes, I get that Nolan Arenado and Von Miller are at different stages of their career and the economics of football are different than the economics of baseball and second and third round draft picks for guys at this stage in their career might actually be considered a decent return. But to get into my larger point, all of that really feels to me like the end result of a sports audience that's just much better educated about football and is much more we, we've I've talked about this before just inclined to buy in the hope of the NFL in draft picks because sometimes they can totally change your future much more quickly than they can in baseball right but ultimately what we're dealing with here is people being much more familiar with what you can get in the second and third round of the NFL draft than baseball people being familiar with like why it's important that Austin Gomber is able to handle Coors Field and why that in and of itself might actually make the Nolan Arenado trade worth it. And that's before you get to the fact that they got four other prospects in the deal, beginning with Harris Montero, who had been a league MVP and finished last year tearing the cover off of the ball and looks like he could be a huge impact player beginning next season and that's all before you even get into the dramatic complications of i had somebody else tell me this today you know because i compared the two trades on twitter and somebody said basically you know hey man there's just no way any trade like this is going to be bad unless somebody also sends 50 million dollars along with the deal that's another misnomer then again if you're listening to me you've heard me make this correction before but it's worth reminding us all for this conversation that the rockies saved 150 million dollars in that trade yes the headline was they had to send along 50 million in cash to make it work but that means that all they did was not save 200 million dollars they saved 150 instead of 200 that's what the 50 was about and it was about getting a better crop of talent back 
when they were in a tougher spot than the Broncos because Nolan Arenado not only demanded a trade, but he demanded a trade to a specific team with a no-trade clause in his contract. So if the Rockies wanted to get a better deal from, say, whoever, the Cincinnati Reds or something like that, Nolan could have just said, no, thank you, I'm not doing it. So the Rockies had to work with St. Louis and ended up getting back two guys who look to be major impact players next year, another group of wheel C's, which are always interesting in baseball, and, and you never know, could go either way. And they've got all that extra cash to go out and spend on so far. C.J. Crone and Antonio Sensatella, maybe locking up John Gray again, and maybe bringing in, you know, we'll see what happens in free agency. And there's a certain amount of, you know, the potential here on the Broncos side too, right? And I want to read this tweet I saw come across from my good friend Vic Vela over at CPR, a phenomenal reporter. His show, Back From Broken, is absolute must-listen-to podcast stuff. Uh, especially for anyone who knows somebody, which is all of us who've, who've dealt with addiction or any of that. It's, it's a phenomenal show. And he, he tweeted out about a half hour ago, you can feel a few things. You can be sad to see one of the all-time great defenders in Broncos history leave. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? And you can think it's a good deal because the Broncos are a long ways from being a good team and need help. And you can happy be happy that Von Miller is going to a contender. Doesn't that all sound a bit familiar? Now, it's just absolutely fascinating to me because the response to the Nolan Arenado trade was so viscerally angry. Now, I'm not saying that my guy Vic here was that way. I don't think he was about the Nolan trade either. But I think what I'm saying here is everything he just said is reasonable and applies to both situations. That's my point, right? Both teams arguably, not even arguably, both teams created the circumstances under which the star player needed to be moved by not building a contender, by not being competitive enough, right? So Rockies were in a spot where they weren't going to be competitive for a little while, needed to move on, needed to get younger, needed to get a group of talent as opposed to having it all wrapped up in one guy making the vast majority of the money, and moved him to a contender who ended up playing in the postseason and while they only got one game, you know, we all know the Cardinals are those, one of those teams that tends to be in it every year. None of us would be surprised if he does win the big one with that club sometime over the next couple of years. But to act like the two situations are not similar is ridiculous. If the Broncos were more competitive, if they had done a better job in a number of key decisions, especially at quarterback, they would not be in this situation where they have to move an all-time franchise icon because of these scenarios. And the fact that there are some people, again, not my guy Vic, other people out there, and I'm not going to call out specific names because that's not the point of this. The point is the two situations are largely being treated differently because of a built-in, better understanding of the NFL, because media companies, like I've talked about before, they care more about the NFL, they understand the NFL, they tend to be run by football fans, <laughs> straight up, and they can see all the stuff that I see, and, and I'm not even saying they're doing the, the Vaughn trade wrong, like, it's actually, I, they're, they're giving, they're injecting it immediately with nuance, they're telling people, we know your hearts are broken, but also... Look at this, and look at this, and look at that. That is exactly what I did with the Nolan Arenado trade that basically cost me my job, <laughs> right? 
was telling people, I know you're pissed. And I was pissed, too. Go back and look. I mean, I don't necessarily want you to give those guys clicks, but go back and look at what I wrote when it happened. I called it potentially the worst trade in the history of Major League Baseball. I called, I came really close to calling Dick Monfort names for basically not having the guts to stick by him and, and do it right or essentially choose Nolan over Jeff Breidish. Like, I went full in when it happened, like a lot of people did. And then days and weeks go by, and you analyze it more, and you learn more information, and you try to give the other side of it and say, you know, it may even actually end up being, and this is something I think is true, and I was pressed on this by my former partner at the end of the season. Like, you really think that was a good trade? Actually, at the time, I thought it was miserable. I thought it was embarrassing. It's the only time I ever dropped an F-bomb on that show. I called that move, and the reasons it was done, effing embarrassing. And in some ways, it still was and is. But, for example, a lot of people pointing out to me on Twitter that Von Miller is past his prime, and this trade is kind of normal for someone at this stage of his career. But whenever I tried to point that possibly being true about Nolan Arenado, I was like, it was sacrilege, and I've got some numbers for you here. He, his 121 OPS plus was the lowest he's posted in years. Obviously, we're not counting 2020, but in Colorado, it was 131, 133, 130, 129, 124, all better than that. His war from this last year, 4.2, less than Ryan McMahon. What was he doing in Colorado? 7.3, 6.4, 6.7, 5.9, 6.3. He's going to be 31 next year. There are a lot of signs to suggest that Nolan Arenado is well past his prime and that, you know, like the rest of us, he's not getting any younger. He's not getting any more athletic. And it's, you know, going to be interesting to see if he ever can get to his peak again. And I believe that that's entirely possible. He was still an all-star this year and all that, but he hit 255 on the year, on base 312, slugged under 500. There's plenty of reason to believe that, you know, and, and as we all know, it's not just getting away from Coors Field. There are plenty of guys who have excelled because of getting rid of the hangover effect after leaving Coors. So, again, it's just disingenuous to suggest that Von Miller is just well past his prime, and you can accept this sort of lesser than trade, but Nolan Arenado is the super-duper uber star who you traded for pennies on the dollar when neither of those things is appearing to be true now that we have information about it. Again, he put up less wins above replacement this year than did Ryan McMahon. All of his sort of slash line and offensive numbers are career lows, and he's getting older too. And then... There's Austin Gomber. Plays a much more important position than Nolan Arenado. And if he just continues to be all just what he was this last year as a rookie, that's not even assuming he gets better. And most rookies get better. You don't even at that point need Elio Harris Montero to be a thing to say that was a, at least a decent trade, especially knowing that the guy demanded it. To get a pitcher like that back, a rare commodity throughout your franchise's history and in a spot where you need it in order to be relevant at all. So, yeah, it will depend, you know, with the Broncos. We talked about this, like, with the Trevor Story deal, right? Same thing. Actually, it was even worse with the Trevor Story deal because, you know, you could look at Austin Gomber's numbers and look at Ayla Harris Montero if you really wanted to, and a lot of people chose not to and just went with the rage machine. 
But like I'm saying, people are here with the Von Miller trade, willing to go in and look at the nuance and look at the details and find that stuff because football is king. But when you did that with the Nolan deal, you could find those things even right away. With the Trevor, with the not trading of Trevor's story, that's where it got ludicrous. That's where it went so far in the direction because, again, people don't understand the Major League Baseball draft. That's what it comes down to. And by people, I mean people running media companies. I mean people trying to explain why they, they didn't have the tools or the knowledge base to explain why the Colorado Rockies didn't trade Trevor's story. Whether you agree with them or not, getting mad at me for saying, here's why they did what they did. Here's what they get in return. It's a compensatory draft pick. What have they done with compensatory draft picks over the years? Oh my gosh, that's where they got Trevor Story in the first place, or guys like Charlie Blackman or Nolan Arenado who are not first round draft picks. And now that I'm doing that, which is again, the exact same process that people are going through right now with Von Miller. What can be gotten in the second and third rounds of the draft? What can that do? Maybe the Broncos will be better off by having those guys. Maybe they can turn those draft picks into first round picks if they package things and you know all of this potential good that could come from it. And that's correct. In my view, that's what should be done in all of these situations, not just in the ones where you feel like you've got the mob on your side. The nuances of the situations are awfully similar. It's going to have to play out in the future. And I'm a big believer of this in sports, too. There's two different ways to evaluate trades. One is just at the time. What did it look like? What were the evaluations of all of those pieces? And it's always fair to do that, but that largely becomes irrelevant once the trade plays out. In baseball, it's you know comparing the war or whatever your best evaluation is of the players that went that way versus the players that went that way. And it's, you know, not to overly simplify it, but yeah, if the guys you got in return, if, they, if the Broncos nail these picks in the draft and those guys end up taking them to their next Super Bowl, then it was a great trade. And if the guys they take with these picks in the draft turn out to be busts, then it was a terrible trade. And I think that that, you know, you can say, oh, that's hindsight is 2020. You play to win the games. The strategy can be good in theory. If it's not good in practice, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, we don't give points in any other aspect of sports for having the right idea, right? And, and again, the flip it. People will say, well, you can't give the Rockies credit for if such and such player works out because they didn't know at the time that that's what they were trading for. People say that to me about the DJ LeMahieu trade sometimes. Can't give them credit for that. Yes. Yes, you can. In fact, you have to. That's the way that it works. They wanted that player. They got that player. They helped turn him into what he became. That's a huge win for the Colorado Rockies front office. It just is. Now, they would have a huge loss with that same player years later. But that's how it works, folks. That's right. That's, that's what we do here. It's a results-oriented business. It's always been strange to me when people will insist that we evaluate trades based on how they were seen at the time and not go back and go, eh, actually, Austin Gomber looks pretty damn good. Like, why are you? That's what, the whole point of the trade. The whole point of the trade. So we'll see. Um, but, you know, and, and I did tweet this thing out where I said, you know, Gomber plus Montero plus $150 million is better than 
a second and third round pick. I have no idea if that's true. <laughs> I have no way of knowing that because I don't know what they're going to get. If you get a transformational figure in the second round, but it's, it's the same thing with the Trevor Story thing. If the Colorado Rockies, with the compensatory pick that they got for Trevor Story, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, of course, that he's going to not take the qualifying offer, right? So that they're going to receive for Trevor Story declining the qualifying offer. And if at next year's draft, with pick 37 or whatever it ends up being, they get a transformational franchise player. And that's not, out again, that's nowhere near outside the realm of possibility. It wouldn't be the first time the Rockies have gotten a transformational player out of that general area of the draft in the last 10 years. In fact, it'd be like the third or fourth time, depending on how you count Charlie Blackman. But Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado in that range. So if they get the next one of those in next year's draft, how many people in the media do you think are earnestly going to go back and say, Oh, as it turned out, the Rockies did really well by not moving Trevor Story at the trade deadline for the equivalent of, say, right, Pete Crow Armstrong, who's who the Mets moved to get Javier Baez. Pete Crow Armstrong never makes the bigs, and whoever the Rockies take next year becomes a superstar. Will people reevaluate the absolute acid of just anger and hatred that was coming toward the Rockies' front office at this year's trade deadline? They will not. However, if these two picks end up being really good for the Broncos, it will be sold as a good move that they got rid of Von Miller. And, you know, like I said, I don't even, that that's, puts me in such a weird, tough spot because part of me feels like that's right, that's correct, that's how it should be done. And as a fan, and as Von Miller, my favorite football player to watch on the Denver Broncos for the last however many years he's been on the Denver Broncos, I am really bummed out about it. It sucks to lose, you know, like with a lot of Rocky superstar players over the years has been for me, you know, since the Broncos have been bad, the main reason to tune in, because that's really fun when he does something cool. Again, the, the, the similarities, the similarities are abound. And I think it's fair that a lot of people are, and this is what it is, people are hurt by it and frustrated by it but also are choosing to try to understand it from the broncos perspective despite the fact that they've been so mismanaged for the last six or seven years they have a worse winning percentage than the rockies over the last six years do the denver broncos and that's with fewer games to do it too so the ownership situation is an absolute mess far more so than the Rockies. And I know for a lot of people, that's like a source of potential positive energy because they go, well, the Broncos could be sold to someone better. They could also very easily be sold to someone worse. Don't forget how lucky we were with Pat Bolin for all those years. And there's no guarantee the next owner is going to be that competent or care as much about the Denver Broncos. In fact, it's going to be very difficult to match that. And yet... A lot of fans and media are still, and again, it's because it's football, it's our national religion, and because it allows the kind of space for that eternal optimism, team wins an 
ugly ass game the day before and they're back to four and four and you go uh, maybe could they still sneak their way and then something like this and is there going to be a whole fire sale now is everyone gone are they going to start firing people they probably should again it's like we've talked about with the rockies it's a half measure if you trade one star player and then don't do too many other moves to help yourselves rebuild will they be criticized in the same way on that almost certainly not <laughs> And of course, people are, are going to be critical of the Broncos for this. There's absolutely going to be people who are going to talk about how they created this situation, never should have come to this, whatever. But there's always going to be that little extra willingness to think about it from their perspective and consider the possibility that things could work out. Whereas with the Rockies, that isn't there. And I wholly reject the notion that that is earned. For fans, sure. If you're a fan and you don't want to trust the Rockies because they've never been good and you do want to trust the Broncos because they've won Super Bowls in your lifetime, that makes sense. For media, it shouldn't work that way. We're supposed to be objective. We're supposed to say, you know, yeah, okay, the Broncos won the Super Bowl back in 2015 or whatever it was. I'm trying to remember now. But I didn't have anything to do with how it's being run right now, how it's been run for years, where they're going, what they're doing and how critical we should be of these kinds of moves. You don't earn the benefit of the facts. There should always be a motivation to try to understand these moves from the team's perspective. You don't earn that by being good. And frankly, the Broncos haven't earned that in quite some time, the benefit of the doubt, that is. But it shouldn't even be about benefit of the doubt. It should really come down to, here are the pros, here are the cons. The problem is that when you're someone like me who goes, here are the pros of the Nolan Arenado trade or here are the pros of not trading Trevor Story at the trade deadline, you get caught up in an angry mob that makes it really ugly. And sadly, because there's less money to be made in baseball, there's just not a strong pushback against it. You just get away with it and it just sits out there in the ether. And if you were to poll the average Colorado Rockies fan and ask them, how much money did the Rockies lose in the Nolan Arenado trade? Something like 80% of them would tell you they lost a net total of $50 million. But they'll know all the details of this Denver Broncos trade. It's worth continuing to think about why. And to throw a little plug for myself, for those of you listening, I, I will say that's one of the things that has me excited about the possibility to work independently here over the next couple of years. Uh, you know, I'd really love to be able to do that. And so I don't have to worry about, you know, are my numbers keeping up with the Broncos side or, or do I have to do football things or, you know, because that won't be a part of my business plan. I, I will only care about bringing in patrons who want to hear all the Colorado Rockies talk, and of course, Star Wars, comic book movies, the weekly professional wrestling show, all that good stuff. Uh, going to have a whole lot of fun with you guys doing this one way or another. If it's a part-time gig and I do have to pick up a full-time gig, ultimately, uh, you know, that, that would be a little bit of a bummer because I, I would like to keep it independent for a lot of those reasons, not just because it's a personal preference, but for the quality of the content. Like I said, I, I think there's a lot to be gained by 
getting your sports coverage from someone that doesn't have to have an agenda or placate any particular group of people and you know cover some things one way and cover other things another way uh, because the business isn't provided to me by the sports or by the sponsors. It's provided to me by you. And you're the people who get to decide what you want to hear, what we want to talk about, and what the content looks like here on the Patreon. So thank you so much for hanging out with me for this one today. You've all been absolutely fantastic and awesome out there. I have been absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. <laughs>